It's time for St. Peter's Better Health Update, brought to you by St. Peter's Healthcare System, treating you better for life. Here's Bill Klaproth. Coronary heart disease is the number one cause of death for both men and women in the U.S., and chest pain may be a symptom of coronary heart disease, but a procedure known as cardiac catheterization is the best way to know for sure. Here to explain it to us is George J. Saviano, MD, an interventional cardiologist with St. Peter's Healthcare System in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Dr. Saviano, thanks so much for being on with us today, so let's jump right in. What is coronary heart disease and, and what are its causes? Okay, um, to begin with, I, I don't like the term coronary heart disease because coronary heart, um, uh, because blockages in the coronary arteries, which most people refer to as coronary heart disease, is um, no more unnatural than graying of the hair or wrinkling of the skin. It's part of aging. No one gets through life without some element of uh, blockage in the coronary arteries. Uh, the real issue is sometimes the blockages occur young and, uh, uh, and they're quite substantial and actually jeopardize blood flow to the heart. So uh, physicians and patients alike call it coronary heart disease, but it is natural in the population and uh, the uh, goal is to uh, slow it down and uh, recognize it. So the buildup of plaque as you age is normal, but what we need to worry about it is if it starts to happen really young and or and too fast and too much. Is that correct? Exactly right. Okay, so how do you determine, you know, when you look at this, is, you know, how do you determine somebody has coronary heart disease, somebody doesn't have coronary heart disease? How do you make that determination? Okay, well, it's it's pretty uh, pretty straightforward. Um, uh, the reason why patients walk into my office, a cardiologist's office, uh, there are two major categories. They either have chest pain, they have some uh, chest pain, which either they or their referring doctor thinks might be coronary artery blockage. I'm going to use the term coronary artery disease because everyone else does. But um, either they recognize pain or their referring physician recognizes the pain, or simply they feel that they have a high likelihood of having coronary artery blockage. And why do they get that feeling? Uh, they go to their primary physician, and their primary physician might tell them, you have uh, high cholesterol, your father had it, uh, you have hypertension, you smoked. There are generally five well-recognized risk factors. So a lot of uh, people, I don't call them patients yet, who have a lot of these risk factors, either they or their referring physician get concerned. The five risk factors that are proven to be associated with the rapid buildup of blockage is hypertension, diabetes, high cholesterol, smoking, and of course the family history. So those are the two paths why patients walk through the door, pain or um, the risk factors. Now, to talk about the pain, everyone gets chest pain. Uh, I don't know anybody I've ever met that never told me they had chest pain. Uh, it could be uh, a muscle ache or pain. They could have exercised too much the day before. Um, it could be uh, uh, gastric reflux, esophageal reflux. Um, and you don't know 
for sure. But the pattern that one looks for, the pattern that I look for, is related to exertion. If there is a, a discomfort, either pain, pressure, squeezing, that occurs with exertion predictably and goes away with rest, that is the, uh, that is the uh, uh, sine qua non, so to speak, of um, angina. Angina is chest pain that is due to coronary artery disease. And where does this pain, this squeezing happen? I, I love the way you describe that because you're saying, yeah, chest pain. Well, what does that mean? I love that you said it comes on with exertion. But where was, is this squeezing in the center of the chest, the whole upper body? What, what, what should we look out for? Okay, what the textbooks will tell you is it begins in the chest and it radiates to the left shoulder and down the left arm. Rarely do you see a textbook case. Um, very often... It could be uh, just in the chest. It could radiate to both shoulders. It could radiate to the right arm. It could be felt in the jaw or teeth as well. Uh, and uh, the real, it's not, the quality is important. If patients say the word squeezing or if they say uh, tightening, that or the red flag goes up. But more important to me is why uh, it, it is the, uh, the inciting action, which is either emotional or physical stress. Okay. Now, when you see those symptoms, does that always mean somebody is having a heart attack or has coronary artery disease? Uh, no, absolutely not. There, uh, you, uh, we get um, fooled many times because uh, in the population, uh, the TV, uh, people watch television, they uh, listen to their neighbors, friends, their doctors, and they sort of pre-programmed to think in terms of uh, chest pain and the arm. Sometimes patients will come in with pain that's obviously uh, a muscle strain. It's in their left arm, and uh, but it's not exertional, and if they move their arm, it hurts. That's definitely not uh, uh, uh Chest, uh, that, that's not chest pain due to um, coronary artery disease. Okay, so if we determine somebody has coronary artery disease and you need to go in and treat it, let's talk about cardiac catheterization. Is that the same thing as angioplasty? No, uh, a, cardiac, a, catheter, a catheter is a tube. So cardiac mm -hmm. catheterization has to be done before... Um, uh, taking pictures, which is called coronary angiography, uh, before fixing a vessel, which is called coronary angioplasty, that's inflating a balloon. It has to be done before coronary stenting, and it has to be done before coronary um, stent um, uh, atherectomy, where you remove plaque. So car cardiac catheterization just means you put a catheter from the groin or the arm into and located the tip at, in the coronary artery and inject eye. That's angiography. So the catheter is used and coronary angiography is done. And then the determination is made, does anything need to be done about uh, uh, blockages? So cardiac catheterization is the first step before you're determining whether or not somebody needs angioplasty or a stent. Exactly. It really goes back before. I don't know how much uh, time we have, but I could tell you that if you think of this in terms of flow, this is how I like to think of it. Um, 
the first step is usually you listen to symptoms and look at risk factors. You don't go into a cardiac catheterization right away. You look for evidence. You, when you walk into the room with your patient and going to do a cardiac catheterization, you want to be pretty sure it's there. You don't want to subject them to that risk. So generally before cardiac catheterization, stress testing with perfusion imaging is done. And the way I can liken it to uh, make people understand it is, if they're gonna buy a house, they go into the house and they open up faucets and they look at the water pressure. They look at what the flow is like. And if there is a uh, bathroom or a kitchen, they turn on the faucet, it's trickling out, there's low pressure, low flow, then there's a good likelihood that they have uh, a problem with the pipe leading to that faucet. then they call a plumber who goes down and uh, dismantles and looks at the pipe. Well, the flow uh, information is gotten in the doctor's office from stress testing with perfusion imaging. We, uh, we look at how the flow goes to various areas of the heart. And if we see an abnormality, if that bathroom, the trickle is slow, then we uh, go in and do some plumbing. So, hence the cardiac catheterization then. Yeah, the catheterization follows. Go ahead. Okay, very good. Um, Is there any risk factors involved in this? Uh, Yes, there are. The the, uh, risk factors are uh, numerous, but they are fortunately rare. Uh, The risk factors um, uh, stem from actually having to enter a, um, a blood vessel. So that blood vessel naturally can be damaged. You insert a catheter, let's use the groin for example, and you could damage the blood vessel and there could be some local bleeding in the groin area uh, where you're doing the catheterization. That's a minor a problem. Then these catheters actually have to be threaded up and around the arch of the aorta right uh, to the arteries that feed the heart. Now, you go past, you have to go past the blood vessels to the uh, head and head and neck and the brain. So any kind of damage or clot coming from these catheters can uh, embolize and go and, and cause a stroke. Or if, if any clot is caused, it could go anywhere in the body and cause damage wherever it may go. When you inject dye into a coronary artery, the, the heart knows that this is not blood, that this is, uh, this is something different, and it might react unfavorably with a bad rhythm. So there could be uh, life-threatening rhythms that are set up, uh, and uh, uh, that, that uh, could result in uh, uh, passing out or, or even death. And, of course, when you're working on the arteries, they could be disrupted and uh, cause a heart attack. So death is generally about one in a thousand. That's why we never want to put a patient on the table without a very good reason to put that patient on the table. We have to be reasonably convinced that we're going to find something to fix because we don't want to subject them to the uh, uh, a catheterization without a pretty good indication that we're going to find a problem. And I'm sure you have procedures to minimize risk as well when doing the procedure. Oh, absolutely. Um, the way the catheters are inserted, a very soft guide wire is passed up into the uh, vessels, and the catheter is passed over the guide wire, and um, uh, that minimizes trauma to the vessel. Um, the other things that we do is before a patient ever goes in for catheterization, we draw what's called pre-admission 
blood testing. We want to make sure that they're not anemic. We want to make sure they don't have any kidney disease because the dye we use in imaging the coronary arteries can be toxic to the kidneys. So um, uh, I always uh, check that very carefully and actually have um, uh, a nephrologist, a kidney specialist, see my patient to help manage his fluids and um, uh, with the catheterization to minimize this risk. Um, the, the patient part is monitored throughout the entire procedure. Uh, pacemakers are available in the room. There are a, a multitude of things that we do to uh, maintain safety. And in our final minute here, Dr. Saviano, is there a type of post-operative care patients should undertake to minimize future problems? Uh, sure. Uh, immediately, uh, they when they when they leave, they should uh, uh, walk uh, easily uh, easily on their leg. They shouldn't bend too much at the groin uh, because they can cause uh, that can cause bleeding. Uh, now cases are done through the arm or even the wrist, and uh, uh, that uh, minimizes it even further. Um, that's the short-term uh, risk, and then the long-term risk, of course, whether or not we find blockage, we tell them all, um, treat diabetes, hypertension, and high cholesterol, um, avoid smoking, but of course they can't change their family history, but uh, live a healthy life, basically. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Dr. Saviano, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. And for more information on cardiac catheterization, please visit stpetershcs.com. That's stpetershcs.com. This is St. Peter's Better Health Update. Thanks for listening.